right, everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Pylon Podcast. I'm Ken Lee Elliott, and today we have our first guest of the football, college football season, Alejandro Suniga, um, Michigan reporter. You do a lot of great work. I was looking through some of it, and I'm happy to have you today. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Like I like I said off air, this is my first podcast of the 2023 football season. Now that July 4th has passed, it feels like we're you know rolling toward fall camp, which is rolling toward the football season. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, and before we get too too far into football, um, I want to take a second to kind of talk about you because um, I'm always impressed, you know, seeing the younger generation of journalists and stuff and just all the great work they're doing. So kind of talk about your journey a little bit and kind of how you've got to where you are today. Hey, it's it's been a it's been a heck of a journey. Um, though though I often and I, mean, I guess I always still get ID'd. I, I'm 29, <laughs> uh, which is uh, scary to think that I'll be turning 30 this year. But uh, I, I mean, I, I grew up in the state of Michigan. I, I went to the University of Michigan. I graduated there in 2015. Uh, really didn't w- know what I wanted to do going into it, but uh, realized after my freshman year that I, I loved writing. I loved attending sporting events and uh, could combine the two of those by by pursuing sports journalism. So, so I did that, um, you know, went through the Michigan Daily, the, the great student paper at the University of Michigan. After I graduated, um, well, I, I interned with the Baltimore Sun with USA Today uh, and after graduating with Major League Baseball, um, moved down to Costa Rica for a couple of years where, where uh, my family is from and I worked at a newspaper down there. Uh, and then Sam Webb, who is in charge of the Michigan Insider, which is uh, 24-7 Sports Michigan affiliate, reached out to me and, and said they had an opening. Uh, that was before, um, uh, at the tail end of the 2021 season, I guess. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a dream job covering Michigan. So I said, of course, I moved back to the States, which I sometimes regret. But <laughs> most days I wake up and realize... You know, I get to call the big house my home office. I get to go to the Chrysler Center. Uh, I get to tell stories of of these incredible young men and, and of this program, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, of all the the cool things you've done, I will say I think the thing I'm most jealous of about you is a uh, the podcast. People can't hear this, but the YouTube people will be able to see. But your background, um, <laughs> it's a picture of the big house. You said you took this picture, right? I did take this picture. Yeah. Uh, I- I've, I've developed a bit of a reputation among the Michigan community of just being really invested in the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's showing my my middle agedness, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> but Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan's going through a lot of you know off season infrastructure improvements right now. You know, they're updating the scoreboards at the big house, the you know the audio system. They're installing new lights. Uh, I saw your articles I, about the lights. Yeah, I mean, I just like being there and just seeing it happen. You know, like they had a helicopter flying around the big house the other day but you know I, I always show up early to games uh i always stay late after games uh you know if you're a sports journalist you know that's that's always the case but you know one of my favorite things on college football saturdays is being at the big house before anybody else is in it and you just see this massive you know cathedral to college football that's been around since the 1920s and you know that in three hours it's going to be packed full of hundred thousand people there's going to be millions of eyes on it uh and and I'll be very busy doing work, uh, yeah. but I'm there and for a few minutes, you know, it's it's just me and this stadium and a lot of empty seats. And it's it's a very cool moment. I always take that to, to reflect a little bit uh, before heading into the hustle and bustle of it all. But uh, I love taking pictures like the one you, you see behind me. Yeah, no, it's a great picture. And being here in Columbus, too, I actually, um, Ohio Stadium, 
I think yeah. there's just this thing about these these certain places that just have all the history. Like you said, they've been around for a long time and just, you know, some, some of the biggest programs in college football. Last year, I actually wanted to go to the big house to watch Michigan and Penn State play. But I mean, it wasn't much of a game, but it was just one of those things where I want to take a trip to the big house. because I've never been over there. So it's pretty cool. Like I said, you get to do it every day, like almost every Saturday for football season. Yeah, it's I, the it's what makes college football special, right? That's yeah. what, you know, there's, you know, not that I don't like going to NFL games or anything like that, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did go to Ohio Stadium last year for, for the Michigan-Ohio State game. And, you know, every time I get to go to that rivalry, uh, it, it is special. And, and last mm-hmm. year for Michigan fans, especially, and, and just given the magnitude of the game, right? Two undefeated programs, top five teams, you know, national championship, college football playoff, Big Ten championship implications on the line. Mm-hmm. And you get to do it, you know, it's not at it's not at some corporate stadium. It's not at some, you know, something that was built 15 years ago to appease an NFL owner that otherwise would have moved the team somewhere else. You know, it's right. it's the stadium that you get to Ohio Stadium and you look up and you see like the maize and blue painted, you know, it, you you know the history of Tom Harmon scoring so many touchdowns that he got, mm-hmm. you know, that he got a standing ovation from Ohio State fans. You know, you know how many huge games have been played here, how many iconic moments. And it, yeah, that, that's it, it's what makes college football special. And it, it's what I think draws people to it. You know, when I lived in Costa Rica, People would tell like people, I would tell people, you know, the biggest stadium in the United States is university stadium for amateur football. And they'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It like, they they don't get it. And that's why you don't get it because, you know, if you want to watch, you know, why not watch the best, you know, watch the NFL, the most talented. Um, But at this, but there's something special about college athletics that, Mm -hmm. It's very unique to the United States in a lot of ways, and it's cool to be a part of it. Definitely. Um, looking forward to this upcoming season. What are some of the things you're going to be looking for from J.J. McCarthy? What are some of his expectations this year? Yeah, it's it's a big year for him, right? This is <laughs> year three in the program for him. Um, it's the first year that he comes into the season as the starter. Um, so I think people expect a lot for him from him, and I think he expects a lot from himself. Uh, and and it's time for him to take that step, right? right. You know, last year, people maybe outside the program don't know his backstory quite as well. But last year, he didn't really have he didn't have a spring ball. He didn't really have a fall camp as much either, because not only did he come into the season as the quote unquote the backup. You know, he was running with the twos in fall camp, but he also spent all of spring ball and summer rehabbing a shoulder injury. Um, So he came into the 2022 season. He ended up winning the starting job pretty quickly. uh, And, you know, the rest is as history. Right. But but it took him a while to get in sync with his wide receivers. It took him a while to get in sync with the fact that his shoulder was getting healthier. Uh, and he was also trying to be a starter for the first time in his college career. So, so while he had a very good year last year, uh, and he made some big throws when it counted, you know, against Purdue in the Big Ten Championship, certainly against Ohio State down in Columbus, right? Um, he was picking it up as it went. So this is for JJ McCarthy. Who knows if he's going to stay at Michigan for for a fourth year? He could go to the NFL after this year. So, so really, this is his year, right? Um, he gets he plays in the constraints of a Michigan offense 
And what that means is that Michigan is going to run the ball. That's what they want to do first and foremost. Right. It's a formula that has been very effective for them for the past couple of years. And no matter what the coaches say about wanting to have a more even split between running and passing, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe, I won't believe that till I see it, right? Um, so what that means for J.J. McCarthy is, number one, he is in, and last year he was one of the most efficient passers in college football out of play action. He absolutely needs to be that again. Um, and the fact that Michigan's running game is so good means that it opens up a lot of opportunities for him there. He has gotten bigger. Um, he's added 10, 15 pounds. That's going to be very important because if you have a running quarterback, someone who can run the ball five, six, seven times a game, it opens everything else up and Michigan needs him to do that. Um, now where it's going to, where JJ needs to make the biggest improvements, I think he'll tell you that himself is his mid range, like his, his mid range passing and especially his deep ball last year, you know, there were a lot of missed opportunities with the deep ball, a lot of opportunities where Michigan could have put teams away early uh, had he hit them. And it's important for him to do that this year. It seems like Caleb Williams is the one kind of getting all the attention coming into this upcoming season, um, maybe winning Heisman again. But what do you like? How likely is it? Do you think JJ could be in that Heisman discussion? And what kind of numbers do you think he would have to post to have his name in there? I, I well, I think he has the talent for it. I honestly don't think it's it's a super big possibility. Uh, and the reason I say that is because you look at the Michigan offense and it's not one that's going to rely on J.J. McCarthy. Like, it doesn't need to rely on J.J. McCarthy a whole lot, right? Because right there in the backfield with him, you have Blake Corum, who's one of the most talented running backs in college football. And who else do you have? You have Donovan Edwards, who is also one of the most talented running backs in college football. So, so I just think between the three of them, it's going to be a a very very talented offense but i don't think any single one of them you know michigan michigan knows that there's only one football and it has to share the ball between the three of them uh and because of that i don't think any of them is really going to put up the numbers that's gonna that's gonna draw heisman attention mm-hmm. even though i think any one of the three of them is probably talented enough to deserve it yeah right? i just don't think that the numbers will be there to uh, to back that up, despite the fact that, you know, they probably are w- like the three of, you know, the top 20 most talented offensive players in college football. Yeah. And I guess um, that you saying that kind of reminded me, I'm a Browns fan. And that kind of makes me think of them for a little bit of like the last couple of years. When you look at how good their quarterbacks or Baker may feel like the, you know, kind of hit or miss play you get from him. But when you have that running back duo, it's almost like you don't really need your quarterback to do as much. That's kind of one of the reasons why. I kind of felt bad for Baker in some ways, but you saying that about JJ kind of reminds me of the same thing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, what was it, the Allstate commercials? Uh, <laughs> the Hulu commercials, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, JJ will be fine. You know, yeah. he, and the thing that, that I think Michigan coaches are, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Harbaugh loves JJ McCarthy, right? Mm-hmm. I think Jim Harbaugh sees himself in JJ McCarthy a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. um, similar type quarterbacks, maybe, uh, maybe it's the personality. Um, but Jim Harbaugh is very vocal about the fact that, you know, he wishes players would model themselves after JJ McCarthy and that the team should follow JJ McCarthy to hell and back if that's what it takes. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of respect among the program for the quarterback. He is, he's a very personable person. He's a very good team leader. And I don't think, 
at least from the outside, right? We don't we don't necessarily know what happens in the locker room, uh, but he seems like the type of person who is not too selfish about the fact that you know he's not necessarily throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. You know, Michigan isn't necessarily putting games on his shoulder every time. He's not showcasing everything he can do like a Caleb Williams, who we know is going to be airing it out, you know, every single Saturday. <laughs> um, but but that's okay. And, and mm-hmm. some and some of that unselfishness is what's helped Michigan get to this point over the last couple of years. Um, defensively, what what do you think Michigan? What are they going to look like this year? Yeah, defensively. So, so Michigan returns most of its production from last year, um, mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. Um, defensively a little bit less uh, and and the secondary is really where those question marks come in Um, you know Michigan lost DJ Turner uh, to the NFL he obviously he tested fantastic you know he ran a 4-2-5 or something ridiculous like that Um, fun fact his first name is Juan Drago and he went by DJ which A makes no sense and (laughs) a real disappointment because Juan Drago is just an awesome name name. Um, so so there's that (laughs) but but, so the the secondary lost a few players um, and I think that's where the question marks are with this team Uh, you know when you're looking at question marks on the offensive end not really a ton defensive end yeah in the secondary um Michigan changed like they they switched one of their receivers over to corner. Um, Amorian Walker who played wide receiver last year. You know he came in as a dual sport athlete. Could have played either way. Um, they they switched over to corner. You know they switched Mike Sainer still last year. He he had been a receiver for for most of his time at Michigan. They switched him over uh, uh, to nickel and he had a fantastic year. Um, but this year opposite Will Johnson who is freshman all-american one of the most talented young corners in the country but opposite him at corner there's there's a question mark and and who knows who's going to fill that spot it could be a morian walker who coaches have talked up a lot but had a really rough spring game you know he he and he's coming over from receiver so so he has a lot to pick up uh michigan added a guy through the transfer portal josh wallace uh from umass uh who you know, certainly looked like a talented recruit, but he, you know, the jump from from UMass to the University of Michigan, uh, <laughs> not a small one. Uh, so, so I think that there's a question there. Um, that being said, Michigan has two reliable safeties, two guys with experience in Rod Moore and McCurry Page. Uh, I think Michigan fans are going to be really excited to see Junior Colson this year at the linebacker level. Uh, he's a guy who can play at an All-American level, uh, last year, he was injured for most of the year, and, and he played through it. He told me that, you know, for for the back half of the season, he wasn't really practicing um, because he had a foot injury that he was working through. So, and he still played pretty solidly. Um, and then uh, on the on the defensive line and, and the edge position, I mean, there's Chris Jenkins, there's Mason Graham, there's Derek Moore, you know, th- there's Rayshon Benny. There's a lot. There's a lot of talent there, and it goes deep. So. Yeah. You know, Steve Klinkscale, who's the co-defensive coordinator and, I mean, really is the, the passing game coordinator on the defensive end. You know, he he said on a podcast this week that he thinks Michigan could be the best defense in the country. Wow. I don't think they're going to be. Um, I, I don't think that that all the pieces are are quite there, but I think that in year three of, of kind of the Baltimore Ravens system now with Jesse Minter, um, but in year three of a defensive system and with 
the amount of veteran pieces they have, mm-hmm. um, I think they again can be a very, very good defense. So I was really actually interested in what you were talking about, the question marks uh, in the secondary and the safeties and everything. Or not safeties, I'm sorry, our cornerbacks. What does that do when Michigan runs up against a team like Ohio State? Because that rivalry was actually the next question I was going to ask you. Um, do you think Michigan can get it done again this year? And you look at Ohio State, the great group of receivers they have, Michigan having those question marks there, what does that do for that game? I Hey, that's the question everyone has, right? It, <laughs> Would I did I expect Michigan to beat Ohio State in 2021? No. Did I expect Michigan to beat Ohio State last year? Also no. Right. Right. Like I, I went into both of those games thinking that Michigan had some questions or had had some areas that Ohio State was going to be able to to exploit and to expose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- something that shocked me the very first play of the Ohio State game last year was they threw at Will Johnson, a freshman cornerback on the field. I think he was lined up against Marvin Harrison Jr. And you know, Will Johnson was there and, and he broke up the play. And so so I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think Michigan, Michigan has the talent and, and certainly it's proven over the last couple of seasons that <clears throat> Whatever that defensive scheme is, it, it's slowing Ohio State down, right? Mm-hmm. And whoever and and they've done it in different ways, right? You know, in 2021, uh, Michigan fields Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, and you know maybe the weather isn't exactly what Ohio State would want, and you know maybe they're a little bit, you know, there, there's a lot yeah. of different factors, but the the fact of the matter is, is that Michigan's defensive line in 2021 terrorized opposing quarterbacks. And it really made life difficult for C.J. Stroud in the big house. Mm-hmm. Last year, that wasn't quite the case, right? Michigan had a solid defensive line. Um, they were able to shut down the run, but it wasn't the sort of line that was pressuring the quarterback with that much, you know, every single down, a terror off the edges. And, and it was really more the secondary that was able to to slow down your your Jackson Smith and Jigbas, your Marvin Harrison Juniors. Not shut them down, certainly not, but but make enough big plays. I mean, who yeah. would have expected last year at this time that that Mikey Saner still, a slot receiver, would have switched to to nickel and would have had the biggest defensive play of the season, breaking up that, you know, that third down back corner of the end zone, Stover, you know, had the ball in his hands and Saner yep. still knocked it out. like nobody would have predicted that right they would think you're crazy yeah it, he, had, <laughs> he had a fantastic year and he is you know back for another year and honestly could have an nfl future as 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 a corner um as and that's that's crazy right mm-hmm. um it, so so what what's going to happen this year does michigan have the pieces yeah it has the pieces does ohio state have the pieces absolutely they have they have probably the best receiver room in the country they have they're going to have one of the most electric offenses in the country certainly there's question marks there you know at the quarterback position um but but they have the talent and so does michigan i I think what we've seen over these last couple of years is like michigan has put the pieces together in a way that's doing enough to beat ohio state and and they can do it again this year um but it's not going to work every time, you know. It's right. not going to not going to be six, seven straight Michigan wins over Ohio State because the talent that Ohio State has is simply too much. Yeah, and to cap this episode off, if you have to give your four college football playoff teams right now, just from what you know, 
who are you rolling with? My team's where I had USC, Michigan, Georgia, Texas. I had to throw Texas in there maybe this year, but I'm not 100% sure with that one. It's subject, subject to change. So who are you rolling with right now? Man, I mean, not Northwestern. Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a good question, right? And I, I recently finished like a, a poll for 24 seven of like, mm-hmm. picking, and you know, I, I haven't picked Michigan any of the last couple of years. I picked Michigan this year um, simply because yeah, they've proven me wrong the last two years, right? They, I didn't think they certainly didn't think so in 2021. And even last year, didn't think they'd come out on top of the big 10 and they did. Um, so, so I think Michigan, um, Georgia until, until they don't anymore, you know, they're mm-hmm. the standard. Jeez. Um, I mean, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, like USC just, I mean, they, yeah, they play in a pack 12 that, that isn't fantastic. And, right. and they, you know, they have the talent and it's really, it's who's that fourth team. I, I, I tend to go with a, it's going to be a two sec team year. Yeah. You know? so, so maybe Alabama, you know, maybe okay. Joe Milton just goes absolutely bananas at Tennessee and, and, <laughs> finally break through um but i i guess i wouldn't count out alabama to you know just make it you know nick saban doesn't stay out for long and so let's go two team sec and finally we can expand the college football playoff and get some more interesting teams in there yeah because a very like a dark horse team i actually wanted to go with was a uh, florida state yeah but i don't know if i really want to buy that just yet because i know clemson they're they're also on the same conference so it was like tough to throw them in there i think i had them maybe like seventh or eighth somewhere in there but yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of good teams this year and like you said when the expansion hits i mean it's gonna be fun to see a lot of these guys and other schools being showcased you know in the postseason yeah i mean i can't wait to see i'm just i can't wait to see what it looks like when there's mm-hmm. you know a northern team like a michigan ohio state a penn state you know mm-hmm. hosting college football yeah. playoff games you know that's i like like we opened this talking about like what's mm-hmm. special about college football is a lot of that's the traditions a lot of that's in the stadiums mm-hmm. uh, and there's something a little you know antiseptic about going to a college football playoff like michigan did last year you know mm-hmm. at an nfl stadium in arizona right and yeah it's it's fun for the players and it's it maybe it looks good on tv and you know that's what you have to do for a neutral site semifinal um mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome to have college sites that's you know and and have those games it definitely is Alejandro. where can people find your work um outside of this podcast and everything sure uh you can follow uh the michigan insider over at michiganinsider.com it's michigan.247sports.com as well um you can find me there and on twitter or threads i guess um <laughs> yeah i haven't just, jumped on oh, threads yeah. yet <laughs> it's at uh, B-Y-A-Z-U-N-I-G-A so by Azuniga. 